0: Well, good evening and welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, and me brother. At last, technology. We've managed, managed to pull it off. We've got Joe Allen live on the show. How are you, Joe? I'm good. I've just learned how to text. (laughs) I'm, I'm getting into the century better. Uh damn yeah. Oh, technology and some some people honestly, but you're 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 a classic with it. But we got there. It was it was it was pretty faultless today. I've got to be I've got to be said, mate. But it's great to have you on because I've been doing these over lockdown, mate. And uh I've got to be honest, about three months three months of this, and people needed your sense of humor and your laughs and, and what you can bring. And I know when we had you on briefly, um you know, uh, with your tribute uh, to your former boss Jack Charlton, it wasn't quite the the time for funny, but I had a load of feedback, a load of positive feedback about you know your your tribute. People loved it, and um, you know just just yeah, you know the fact that you could take Jack off so well. You know your impersonations. We had we had your good mate Danny Posthill on the uh, on the other day, who was great, great with those kind of uh, things, impressions and that. But you you've got Jack down to a teammate.
1: Well, he, he, Steve, he he put me on the road um, to my career. And um, he wasn't just my manager, he was my mate. And
0: oh, you've got he's gone. Technology's technology's done him in straight away. Where is he? What do you do when you
1: get interruptions off people on the phone?
0: Oh, yeah, you've just got to knock them off, mate. You should put put your phone on air air, airplane mode. That's what you should have done, mate. I never thought of that. But never mind, look, crack on. And if you get another interruption, I'll keep talking because I'm good at that. And uh but carry on, mate. Yeah, you started off at Newcastle with Jack and he give you your start. So tell us, I'll tell you what, tell us tell us how you came to Newcastle. How how did you come to Newcastle? How did you become a Newcastle player? Oh, he's on, he's on the case, putting it on to where airplane mode. He's off again. Well, what I'll do is we'll have a look through your questions whilst we're uh, waiting for Joe to come back. Obviously, technical issues when you're doing it on your mobile phone, it's never great. Uh, Laptop is always recommended. Um, Yeah, we'll come to this one. Cooper Man says, why have you not had Michael Shopper on a few weeks? Is it because of what he's been tweeting the last week or so? Yeah, I've got to be honest. You were supposed to be on last week. Um, and obviously, from our perspective, getting guests on is very important. Uh, you know, it's great to have different people on each week. Michael's been great over the last three months. He's been on the show, as you know, on a regular basis, um, you know, from different parts of the world. Um, you know, he obviously bases himself in Malaysia, but he, he flies around with, with you know, with, with the job that he does. You know, so from our perspective, um, Michael's been very, you know, you know very kind and, and, and come on on a regular basis. Over the last couple of weeks, obviously, with the takeover, you know, dragging on, um, you know, he's been busy. And what has he been busy doing is the, is the million dollar question. You know, has he been busy, you know, going out and trying to find another prospective buyer? Has he been working with the Saudis? The honest answer is I don't know. Um, I hope, I hope to god that there is something going on in the background and he is trying to do something but uh you know he's clearly not um you know shared that information with me so if he does i will uh, i will of course try and get him back on the show It'd be great to have him on and uh, get him back involved um but as as for now you know we, we are struggling i've got to be perfectly honest um any other questions, let's see where we are Evening Steve from uh, Mr and Mrs Iceman Yeah, how are you doing? Hope you're okay Christopher, no more Chopra talk please um, Happy At Toon Toon Barmy He says, what is the perfect song in the push against The Premier League? In my view, nothing motivates Like Guns and Roses Welcome to the jungle while sending emails Letters and tweets so That's an interesting question, I've got to be honest I've never been asked that at all Um yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I, I you know, I, I prefer to work without any music on. I concentrate better. But anybody else has got any suggestions? Uh, chuck them in. Uh, St- Charles says, Steve, any news? Um, the answer at the moment is no. Um, I, you know, I personally feel that the consortium have played a blinder here. Um, I feel that uh, you know they've walked away from the table um and now as we've seen the pressure is completely on the premier league and richard masters um and i think ultimately that is that is what they wanted they wanted the supporters to come out um and push and push and push uh the petition was one thing i thought that was uh, you know a superb effort i think on the other side of things um you know the the letters to mps which of course the supporters trust encouraged was was superb you know so from our perspective it it's it um you know i think that you know now that it's in the hands of the uh you know now that it's in the hands of the, the you know the, the the politicians and and the lawyers we're in a really good we're in a really good place we've got a a situation which is bubbling away behind the scenes we don't know exactly what's going to happen um you know we we'll hope that there's going to be you know something change over the next you know couple of days but you know how long's a piece of string um Interesting times that we're living in. Uh, you know, I still have faith in the consortium getting it done. Let's hope that. Uh, let's hope that it does. Christopher says half of the questions are, "What do you think of what Chopra tweeted?" Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I just. You know, I if I was to give them advice, I would say don't wind Newcastle supporters up. Certainly don't put things out there which are teasing them, certainly under the current atmosphere. I don't think it does anybody any good. And I think from our perspective, you know, we just want clarity, we want an answer. If it's yes, the take will back and go ahead because we've found some middle ground. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, we'd we'll all celebrate, we'd we'll all get the cans out, and I think if it goes the other way, then we're going to be disappointed. Um, you know, and you know, that's the way it goes. So uh Got Joe back anyway. Welcome back, Joe. Now where's your audio, Joe? We can't hear you. We can't hear you. We can't. We can't hear you, Joseph. Unbelievable. I, I jinxed it by saying he had the technology right. He's even got my name on his on, on his uh, on his display. We can't hear you, Joe. We can't hear you, mate can't hear you, I'm going to have to text him Ladies and gentlemen, whilst I continue Down the list of questions But uh, can, I, can I hear Joe at all I will text him and see what we can do This is the problem when you do stuff live sadly uh, Just caught up with a talk sport interview You did the other day, thought you were great Simon came across as fair But the standing presenter was a bit of it a... idiot <laughs> yeah, Joe, I, I've got to be honest He wasn't great was he, there's Joe back again Joe, we've got no joy with the mic You've 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 done something with your volume, I'm afraid, mate, but can't hear you at all. So uh until you can come back with some volume, I'm afraid it's uh, it's no good at all. Um he's on and off here. This is like a comedy show, isn't it? Joe. No, I'm afraid like we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to try again with Joe a, a little bit later. Um as I say, keep your questions coming in. I'm quite happy to broadcast until Joe Sortie's uh Issues out. Uh, life goals. Steve, does it make you chuckle that Immobile has said the Saudis were chatting to his agent, and now Newcastle have been linked with Jeff Hendrick and Troy Deeney? It does, mate. Yeah, I mean, dear me, how Jeff Hendricks? Uh, you know, I mean, anybody's better than nobody. But we are, we are shopping in Poundland. We're not shopping in uh, in Harrods, and that's a big disappointment when you think that we were hoping for a massive takeover. You know, Joe's back again. Can we hear you, Joe? No. Can't hear you, Joe. Volume's gone, mate. Volume's gone. Unfortunate, but we uh, we kind of we kind of see Joe uh, on here. It's not not looking good at all. Don't think we're gonna get him on, unfortunately. We'll have to try and get him on again. It's a pity because his sound was fine, but uh, as soon as you got that phone call, it's absolutely knackered the uh knackered the whole process. So not sure why. I will drop him a text and See what, uh, see what he says. That will go. All right. Next question. Yes, uh, Jason. All right. Okay. It's not a question. Les Lumsden, have you tried to get KK on, Steve? Yeah, look, I mean, I've, I've messaged quite a few people. Uh, messaged Kevin Keegan. Uh, messaged Peter Beardsley. Uh, you know, two names who, you know, I would love to get on the show. But, you know, I didn't get a reply from Kevin. Uh, you know, it's not really his thing, this kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe he's in the future. We might be able to get him on. As for uh, as for Peter Beardsley, declined the offer. Um, you know, obviously he hasn't done a great deal of interviews since uh, you know since his FA case. So um, I can understand that. You know, it's uh, still a bit difficult, I think, for Peter. Uh, but I'd love to have him on. Peter's a legend. He's my favourite player. And it would be absolutely fantastic to get Peter Beardsley on the show. Um, So I will keep trying. I will keep asking the question. I did get a text of Peter actually yesterday um, after the Talk Sport interview saying that he'd heard it and uh, well done. So communication is there. Just be great to have him on, you know. Uh, Ronnie Milne, Steve, where's Steve It's the two Steve. Yeah, I did notice Joe put the wrong name on as well. He's busy texting us back as we speak. Joe Walker, it's the hope that kills us. Is this really still on the table? Joe Walker, the answer for me is yes. It is still on the table. Uh, yes, they've walked away. I think that was the question everybody, you know, everybody kept asking the other day on Twitter. You know, is the takeover still on the table? I believe that they they still want to get the, um, you know, they still want to get on. But as far as we're concerned, um, you know, it would be it would be ideal, you know, to think that the deal was, you know, still, you know, going to go through. So from our perspective, you know, this is where we're at. Um, you know, we've got to wait. It's a waiting game. Um, Do I think it's going to drag on, you know, another few weeks? No, I think it'll be sorted sooner rather than later. I think it's a massive positive that Mike Ashley's come out and said, um, you know, that he, uh, you know, his lawyers are going to uh, look into this and, you know, put the pressure on. I think the government are putting the pressure on as well. So I, I can only see that being a good thing. Uh, Joe Allen. Uh, sends us a message now saying the browser's blocked him. So, you know, I, I don't think we're going to have Joe tonight. We're going to have to try and get him on uh, on another occasion. Um, are the Premier League seriously just hiding and hopefully things will blow over? That is pathetic. Yeah. I mean, f- yeah. You know, Richard Masters has disappeared and, you know, Richard Keyes reappeared today, um, you know, basically denying that he deleted any texts. But, you know, from our perspective, it is it is disappointing and um, you know, Richard Masters is he on holiday? Did he take a break after the uh, after presenting Liverpool with a trophy? Who really knows? Nobody knows, you know, where he is and and why he's not saying anything. There's a lot of trains of thought. People saying that you know potentially the reason he's not saying anything is because you know they've pulled out. They've pulled out of the deal now, and he doesn't have to come out and say anything. But my you know my view, as I said before, is I think the pressure will will be on him. It'll be intense uh, on on the Premier League in general. Um, you're witnessing on social media, on Twitter in particular, the sponsors of the Premier League being, you know, um, you know, politely uh, attacked by by Newcastle fans every time they put a post out. You know, people are spamming their accounts. So, you know, from our perspective, there's uh, you know there's a lot going on from the fan bases' point of view. But again, that can only go on for so long. And I, you know, I've already seen a few people questioning, well. We need something from the you know the potential owners or, or from the buyers. You know we need we need something to come out. But you know my understanding is that you know for starters the only people that can speak with um, you know Mike Ashley. Is Mike Ashley going to only speak with the Premier League? And you know, Amanda Staveley and Coke, you know, can't really say a great deal. They've come out, they've said what they had to say, done their interview with George. Um, you know, they they released a you know, a, a rallying call, if you like, via, via the supporters' trust at the town hall meetings. So, you know, look, I think that I think the prospective buyers have said all they've got to say. The Rubens have come out and said they're still very interested in buying the you know, buying the football club and and, and investing in the area. I don't think you can say any more. Um, they certainly don't want to come out and, you know, tell everybody what their tactics are. That would just be absolutely ludicrous, you know. Uh, local hero suggesting a song, uh, Premier League song, standing in liver, good one, mate. Uh, Dave Harrison, hi Steve, would you play poker with the Saudis? I can't play poker. I've never played cards. I was always a bad loser as a kid. Uh, so the answer to that, Dave, definitely is no. Uh, I wouldn't. Um, you, know, you know, a lot of people asking, you know, with with we're not getting Joe back tonight, I don't think he's going to be able to make it on. Um, you know, I, I don't mind talking about the Talk Sport interview. People were asking us yesterday, you know, um, you know, about it. Some people hadn't heard it. I know a lot more people have heard it today. Um, people are saying that they didn't give you an opportunity to speak. They had their own agenda. I mean, that's the way it works with media. Um, you know, a lot of people look at, I look at the interviews I've done over the years, you know, a lot of people, you know, this is where probably a lot of the dislike comes from. For for me, people say, you know, who's Steve Wraith? He shouldn't be speaking for us. I've never spoken for the fans. I've never claimed to uh, to speak for the fans. Then other people have said, you know, he he just does this to make money. Well, you know, (laughs) I don't get paid for any of these interviews. I do. Um, He just does it to raise his public profile or, or to get himself publicity. Yeah. That is definitely true. That's why you do these things because I have a brand, I have a company. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I personally go out and do events with ex-Newcastle players. My company is is Newcastle Legends. Um, so to have my name and face known is valuable in those, you know, in those terms. So yeah, I'm going to admit that that's that's one of the reasons that I, I would certainly put my head above the parapet. But the other reason is that you know. I've always been available, no matter what job I've done over the last 27, 28 years that I've talked about Newcastle United. I've always been my own boss, and I've always been available for the media, and I think the fact that I've always been able to at least, you know talk you know and give an answer and have knowledge on the situation is the only reason i've been asked but i haven't been the only person asked over the years you know many many fans have been given the opportunity to speak on television some some you know continually do and there's new faces on the block now there's other tv um you know other internet tv shows you know whether it's Gallagher shots or newcastle fans tv or or, or whatever magpie you know, the magpie channel whatever it is all of these guys i've seen them you know Doing interviews on you know on different channels, Sky, etc. So it it does work. You know what I mean? It's it's great to have those people on. Bear with us, Joe's back. Hopefully we can get him on. Joe, can you hear us? Nah. Joe, it's an absolute nightmare, mate. We can see it. The picture is crystal clear. It must be a volume or something like that. We just can't can't hear you. The picture's crystal clear. Uh, And while I'm on air, I'm gonna I'm gonna text him again. Um see what put I'm gonna put it on the text. See you loud and clear. See you loud and clear. Can it hear you? Can it hear you? We'll see. There we go. It's sent. Can it can it? Oh now he's now he's messing with the volume button and it's still not working. Damn Doesn't happen doesn't happen on Sky, uh, boys and girls. Really sad, unfortunate, but uh you know this would have been a cracking hour as well with Joe. No joy at all. He keeps coming in like a peaky blinder. God. I, bet, I bet it's something is simple, like he's turned these he's turned his volume off or something like that. Kind of t- you, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm gonna we're gonna have to give it a miss. It's it's unfortunate. Um where was I? Yeah. So obviously getting back to TV and um, you know what, you know, interviews and radio and stuff like that. Um other people have been available great to have them on and um i think that's that's the way forward more more diversity at times i've took a step back i haven't you know I haven't given giving interviews etc but it's nice to get you know it's nice to nice to you know over the last 48 hours it's been nice to say that people have you know agreed with what i've said and you know happy with the way that i've conducted myself but i only ever speak for myself i can't speak for the supporters so, so people need to remember that as well you know uh jason carter steven maybe you doing a show alone might be good now and again question and answer and tell him some stories all right jason well as i say i'm, I'm happy to do it i don't think we're going to get joe back tonight um anyone's got any questions feel free Premier League Twitter account hiding posts from fans now to do with a petition. Running scared. Ah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Stephen Rentworth, how's it going? Yep, good mate, not bad. Give Joe one more try. Have you got your volume sorted, Joe? No. Can it hear you, Joe? Can it hear you? Absolute nightmare. Uh Premier League's dirty and corrupt. Yeah, we've seen a few of them on Twitter. Hi, Steve. Will Mike Ashley still be in charge at the start of the season? If so, will he actually spend a penny? I've heard on other podcasts that potentially, um, potentially that he could be, you know, he could be in you know, Yeah, obviously could be in charge, but we might only have 35 million to spend. Joe, any joy? Nah. No. no volume. He's um yeah, we've potentially only got £35 million to spend, and that's going to be an absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare if that's our budget. You know, when you think about some of the players that we've been linked with, uh, you know, we're going to literally be, sh- you know, sh- shopping in the bargain basement, like I said before, not in Harrods. Uh, Mitch has got an opinion on Simon Jordan. Um, to be honest, the, the two dealings I've had with Simon Jordan in the last couple of weeks, I think, has been okay. Um, I wouldn't say that it's been banned, you know, a bad experience from my Point of view, but he completely, you know, he, he was completely on side with the presenter yesterday. They did it did appear to have an agenda, but I haven't got any issues with with Simon Jordan. Uh, hopefully you know, get the opportunity to go back on when Jim White's on. I thought Jim was, you know, Jim was a lot easier to, to deal with and, and gave us more of a chance to express myself and get our points across. But you've also got to remember when you do these things, you're literally only on for like two and a half, three minutes, guys. And that's the most difficult thing. And you're working usually with two two other people. um I'm on a phone there in a studio They've got the advantage. They're, we- they're working together. They're working towards a narrative. And I'm going on trying to say what we want to say. So it is really difficult, you know, and you-, you-, you get better with experience. Because I remember looking back on a lot of my old interviews, um, I'm very critical of myself uh, about different things that I'd said and whatever. But I learned as well about the edit. If it's a pre recorded interview, um, be very careful what you say because they can make you look an absolute fool uh, and you can look as if you've said something that, sh- that, that you clearly didn't say or make you look as if you're implying something, which, of course, you know, you know, you haven't. So a bit of advice if you ever if you ever do anything like that. Mike Stewart says Premier League trying to hide replies to their tweets. Definitely a bit rattled. Paul Oxley says has Chopra been getting advice from Bernard? Yeah, I mean, Oliver Bernard as well. He's put out a couple of tweets, which uh, I know have got people excited. And um, again, it's, it's not advisable. It's not advisable, really. Uh, a lot of people just uh, send the messages in of uh, support of um, of different things that I'm doing. Thank you very much. Uh, Jeff says, "Any more photos in the sunshine, Bonnie lad? I've never took any for a while. I got to be perfectly honest. I got a lot of uh, you know I got a lot of positive comments about the time Bridge shots, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy I thoroughly enjoy going out for my walk. But um, but yeah, you know I will I will start putting a few more up. Jeff, I just think sometimes people get uh, get a bit sick. Uh, Steve, you really are oh, true, Geordie, most of all an honest human being. Your interview on Talk Sports really made me admire you a lot. I hope I can meet you someday in person all the way from India. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, listen, if you're ever in Newcastle, please give us a shout. Um, Jason says, apparently Sky Sports have briefed their staff to say nothing. The Premier League have instructed them, apparently it's all cloak and dagger. I felt really sorry for Pete Graves. I felt as if he got hung out to dry in the media a little bit. And, uh, you know, that was a bit naughty. Christopher's just pointing out that gambling is illegal in Saudi. That's with reference to Dave Harrison. saying, would you play poker with the Saudis, I think. Uh, Barry Hogan says, it's saying we're going to get a windfall. Um... After sell-on of Ivan Tony, one million in the kitty. Yeah, a little bit of sarcasm in there. Uh, Michelle Mann says, making your mind up for the takeover. That's absolutely fantastic. Life says, How do you keep your beard so lustrous? Mine looks awful. To be honest, um, it's the only hair that I can grow uh, on my head. So, um, you know, with the lockdown, I did grow a beard before lockdown. Um, and, and from my perspective, uh, you know, it, it was it wasn't planned. It was just I just thought I'd grow it. And then I went to I went away on holiday prior to lockdown. Um And the beard, the beard's come back after lockdown. I just haven't shaved it off, and uh, yeah, I've grown quite accustomed to it. One more try. Here he is again, Joe Allen. Has he? He sorted the volume out. I can hear rustling is, okay, is it a packet of crisps? He, he, chance, no, range. it's Joe Allen. He's back. Happy days, Joe. I've never talked as much. I've I've given everybody my uh, bank account details, you my will, Joel everything. Me, by
1: the way, you've never talked as much. <laughs> you've given us <laughs> <been a> head. <headache. laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Absolute classic, about, right? There's
1: about, honestly, there's been about 50 calls to the phone, and I think the phones went overload and it just went kaput.
0: Anyway, yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. What, what, what uh, no, we've had a laugh. Uh, people said I should do the show on my own more often. Uh, it's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, right, so you. Oh, <laughs> funny if you as can. A ju- tablet. If you if you can keep your if you can keep your trouser leg rolled up and keep your hand in the air so you don't lose this signal, um, tell us how you arrived at Newcastle United, Joe. How did you become a Newcastle player?
1: Well, uh, I can't remember where how much you, you heard of what the where the gaffer. So I don't want to repeat myself. But when I, I I come to Newcastle, we were nine year old, and we we were training and uh, we were together for a long long time. Uh, went through all the systems as regarding the youth team and the reserves, and uh, into the first team. Unfortunately, I mean bollocks to them. By the way, at Manchester United, the class of '92. Who do you think? Who them? Who do them think they are? Oh, the Beckham's <laughs> and the scores. We had we had Gaza, and we had we were just two players that were in an excellent team, and that's what we were from being like nine-year-old. We're an excellent, excellent team that loved each other and played for each other. And we won the FA Youth Cup in 1985. Um, so tell them from Manchester, bollocks, because we did it first.
0: Yes, 100%. To so, war, oh, Jackie, uh, Christopher said, Joe, a little Jackie Charlton tribute for those who didn't hear it. Um, the People people very interested to hear about your t- life and times with Jackie.
1: Right, so uh, the gaffer was—he um, was instrumental in putting us um, on the road to my football career, and he—he just—he just wasn't just me gaffer; he was me mate. But when I, I went in for my first contract, I mean, he give me—he give me the number nine shirt, and I scored in it, and he—he gives me first professional contract, and I played for England in on twenty ones, and he was just an uh, absolute—he was me mate as well as my manager, and I couldn't get well. You couldn't get any better grounding, if I could say that. And I went in for my first professional contract, and uh, I was on 25 quid a week. And he went, right? It's like this: I'll give you 150 quid a week. I thought I've just won the pools. He'll give you a hundred pound a game and a hundred pound a goal. But in the summer, I'm going to give you 60 pound. I want you to to uh, I want you to learn a trade, whether it's bricklaying or painting and decorating plumbing so you've got something to fall back on I think you'll make the grade I think you'll be okay but that's what I want you to do and I went oh champion gaffer brilliant and I went oh, Gaza went in this little porky lad I don't know if he murdered him he went <laughs> in I went there uh, he comes out I went there uh, 150 he went aye I says 100 he went aye I says 100 he went aye I says in the summer 60 he went no 80 I went, you fuck, you, you what? I break the door down. I've just got a World Cup winner in front of us, 60, he's six foot seven, smoking a tab, having a cup of tea. And he went, what do you want? I went, hold on a minute, gaffer. I said, 150, 100, 100. And you're giving him 80 in the summer. He's a better player than you in the summer. I said, he's not. <laughs> not in the summer, he's not.
0: He gives the extra 20. 20- Classic man. Tell us about the debut. What was it like to put the number
1: nine shirt on? I was sitting in the house, Stephen. It was a case of, uh, you watch them Saturday morning programmes, the Chris Terrence and the Noel Edmonds things and whatever. And we didn't have a phone. I'm not going to tell you any lies. We're from a council estate and we didn't have a phone. And funny enough, it's ironic, but the next door neighbor was called Mrs. Robson. And she said, there's a telephone call for you, Joe. So I jumped over the, the uh, fence and I had my shorts on and I went, hello, my posh voice. And he went, how are you doing? I went, I'm, I'm Greg Gaffer. Is, is that you? He went, yeah. Do you fancy a game today? I says, yeah, I'm, I'm playing against Sunderland in the under-21s at Benwell. He went, no, you're not. You're playing for me in the big team. But don't tell anybody. Anyway, just want to ask you one more question. What do you have for pre-match meal? I said, What's pre-match meal? He went, well, what does your man make you? I went, beans on toast. I went, right, you'll get the best beans on toast. I'll see you in the holiday in at one o'clock. So I got he did don't tell anybody. So I didn't have a blazer, I didn't have a coat. I had me jumper, me Newcastle jumper, me long blonde hair. It was soaking wet, absolutely pittling down. I had my father's tie that he used to wear for funerals, my school pants on, and I had my boots and a Presto carrier bag. I got the bus in the Metro that cost 5p, and I got to the holiday inn, and then he just went, don't tell anybody that you're playing. And I was like, quarter to, I got to the ground, I had my stuff on, me kit, shin pads, Ral jacks, everything, the whole nine yards, waiting. I'm looking around the dressing room. Chris Waddle, England National, he's not getting changed. Peter Beardsley, England National, two World Cups, he's not getting changed. Glenn Rhoda, captain of the club, he's not getting changed. Jeff Clark, player of the year, he's not getting changed. John Anderson, era, Republic of Ireland National, not getting changed. Dave McCreary, two FA Cups, two World Cups, he's not getting changed. And I'm thinking, is this a Jeremy Beadle wind up? And then, quarter past two, Jack come in with his vest and his underpants on. He went to uh, Neil MacDonald, one of our midfield players. He used to play right back. He went, right, you're not playing. Back in the day, there was only 12 could play and Jack had named 13. And not one of them wanted to show the hand to say that what one was left out. And I played, eight, I played 86 minutes that day and uh, he pulled he us pulled off and he said, you're great, you're brilliant. And his cousin, Jackie Melbourne, give us a 9 out of 10 in the News of the World. He was a correspondent in the News of the World. And, and on the Monday, I got 9 out of 10 the journal, 8 out of 10 off that uh, John Gibson. What a uh, <laughs> lovely man uh, and the Chronicle. And uh, the Northern Echo gave us a 9 out of 10 by uh, Frank Johnson was his name anyway, great broadcaster. So I went in his office on the Tuesday thinking, get in. I must have been good. I never played again for nine months.
0: <laughs> Pulling that number nine shirt on there, Joe, we're getting loads of positive comments, people saying that you're, you're great that you're, your impressions are great, a lot of people saying they've been to events and seen you uh, lo- love to see you yes, and listen to your stories Pulling that number nine shirt on mate, it doesn't matter whether you did it once or a hundred times it must have been a special, special occasion mate
1: Well I would have given up my career Steve after doing it once and scoring in it. And he, and, it, and it really, you know, you've got Mr. Milburn, you've got Supermark, you've got Peter Beasley, you've got Pop Robson, you've got Wynne Davis, you've got Cole, Shearer, Waddle, you've got like Mirror, Martins, you've got, you know, CeCe, just to name a few. And what rankles is at the minute is, and, and I, I hate having to go at footballers. I hate having to go at the players. It's not their fault. But we got one that's forty million. He's on hundred grand a week. If he had six shots at GRU, he'd still be alive today. And <laughs> we've got the other two who everybody likes. They all like them, and then they're good on the eye. Almiran, he works hard. He, work, he runs his nuts off. And maximum, maximum, he's he's a he's a he's a pony. You know, he's got a trick. But what I need to see is an end product, because there's fifty-two thousand getting every game. And basically, they scored less than 10 goals between a lot of them. And there's 52,000 people there that have been waiting for a trophy since 1968. And it's not good enough. It really isn't good enough. So I want to go, not to the players, I want to know where the recruitment, who's doing the recruitment, it's because it's absolute shambolic, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, the salaries that they're on is, are unreal. And... Like I say, no end product. And at the end of the day, you need somebody. Newcastle United fans always had somebody to hang the hat on. Whereas them players that I just mentioned, right? But they always had to have a player to hang the hat on. And it's not good enough for the supporters.
0: You've uh, brought a bit of silverware to the club yourself. 1985, FA Youth Cup, with that young lad who you mentioned a little bit earlier, Gaza, Paul Gascoigne. Tell us a little bit about that FA Youth Cup run and tell us a few stories about Gaza. Well, the, the thing is, we were just
1: two good players and in, in a very, very good side. And, and the lads that played, I think the majority, I think nine out of out of 12 went on to play in first-team football, which is unheard of. That's why I have a go at the Man United lot, because they think they're, like, they're so... But we... We couldn't afford to keep the lads that we had. And Paul obviously got sold at Tottenham. And, and I, you, you go up and down like a bride's night. You know. You, you think, like, when I signed for Hartlepool, um, obviously me, I went to Swansea and I had a great time at Swansea. And I scored seven in seven games and, and uh, it was consecutive games and I broke Ivorol Church's record. And I come back because my mother was bad and I went to Hartlepool and uh, we got beat the first three games, we got beat 6-0. and 6-1 and Bob Moncur and Pop Robson were in charge and and Bob went, don't worry, in 18 months you'll be top scorer in the league and you'll be getting a a move to a top flight club. It wasn't a Premier League club in them days, it was a First Division club but it was still top flight. And he says, there'll be a statue named outside, out the ground. So I went, Bob, where are you getting your drugs from? (laughs) Anyway, 18 months later, I scored 35 and 46, and I had, uh, well, I moved to Chelsea. They didn't do the statue. I was devastated. But they did bestow the, the best thing probably that happened. Um, they named the street after us, which I just wish my mother had been alive to see that.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic, Joe Joe, Joe Allen, uh, honestly um, you, you did so much in your career, not many people Have as many, uh, you know, years In their career as you Gaza though, mate, honestly you talking, know,
1: the, about, yeah, you know, talking about the FA Youth Cup you. I'll, I'll try and cheer it up Because he, he, he was Instrumental, he went from being The, the ugly duckling to being a swan a most beautiful swan, that's the best way I can say it, and I, I scored in every Game apart from one And we both got two in the final and he was majestic. Absolutely unbelievable, by the way. And we're coming back, and I said, uh, I says, hey, because I had a car. I says, I'm taking you for pizza. What do you want? He went, Bondiers. I says, Bolliers. He went, oh. I says, you want to cut it into Ford? you want to cut it into eight? He went, cut it in four, you'll never be able to eat <laughs> It's like, you know, he was just a phenomenal sense of humour and everything that he did, and uh, we played for England together in a young team. And we're we're in Dublin. We're gonna be one nil, um, but we, it was a two o'clock kickoff, so we went to the nightclub, and um, he had a bloody Mary. I had a Lager top. He had a bloody Mary. I had a Lager top. He had a couple of Bloody Marys, had a log top by 10 o'clock, with would the curfew and we were bollocksed. At which point I looked over and I saw a guy coming in that was playing in a, in a snooker game. I went, Paul, Gaza, Gaza, Paul, Paul. Because I always used to call him Paul when I wanted his attention. I says, there's Jimmy White, the hurricane. That's him, the whirlwind, the whirlwind, hurricane. And no, it's, it's, it's Jimmy White. It's Jimmy White. The whirlwind, not the hurricane. It's not he went, this off. I says, Look, it's the whirlwind, Jimmy Wade. He looked now when he went, Jimmy, Jimmy, 180
0: <laughs> classic, absolute classic. But what a player, mind you. What a player, as you say, went from an ugly duckling to a well, swan. Well, in uh, in
1: 1990. Um, you ask Rude Hullett and Lothar Matthias who the best player in the world was. Because in Italia 90, he absolutely took them to the ground. He, he was amazing. He was fantastic. And even these tears and the stuff like that is just like, uh, well, it's, he was phenomenal. He was just phenomenal, that's all. He was the greatest in the world in 1990.
0: Now, Joe, I've worked with you for many years at different events. You, you give us my first starts, really, as somebody who goes out and does talk-ins. You, you showed us the ropes and, um, you know, we still work together uh, from time to time. But, like me, you get a bit of stick-off mackams.
1: Well, I hate Sunderland. I mean, you've got to understand, Steve, that, that my me, me father's a Sunderland supporter and my two brothers were Sunderland supporters. And... Um, I, I, I was the black and white chief of the family because I, I was playing the Newcastle like training since I was nine and then I was signed at 14. And I maybe my debut at 17, the first team. And it, like I used to get death threats, hate threats, because I mean, well, oh, put it this way. I went to the Sunderland Player of the Year do the other night from the Northeast Football Awards, right? I went to the Sunderland Player of the Year do and it was a rollover. <laughs> I mean, police are still investigating after the last match at the stadium alight whether the pound coin that was thrown on the pitch was a, a missile or a genuine takeover bid. <laughs> and I remember me and Lee Clark were we'll watching we'll watch Newcastle play against Sunderland. we come back together in the car and we went through a place called Pennywell, a really nice place it is. And um, there was a, uh, the, west, the wheelie bins are on bricks, and there was a white uh, blanket over the house, and it said, happy 30th birthday, Nana. <laughs> and, I mean, I, took, I, I did have a little bit of love down there, because I, I met a girl from Hendon, right? She was a really, really nice girl. I can't, because I don't, I hate slagging women off. I hate it. But I took her out to the best restaurant in Sunderland. It was called Marcello's. And uh, it was an Italian restaurant, and uh, I give her the menu. I said, uh, have, have what you want, Pass to the menu. She went, yeah, yeah, I think I'll have the Paggione. I says, that's page one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you've got to redress it, because it was a terrible time, 9-11, which is it's not laughable about, but 9-11, they, they did, the two lads from Sunderland, uh, did go out and help. They had the flasks and the haversacks, and they went out. And at the time, um, the then president was there, none other than George Bush. And they, they, they got out there, 9-11, it the Twin Towers, and it was, oh, it, was, it was awful. It was disastrous. And, and, and George Bush said, uh, hi, guys. I'd like to thank you very much for coming over here in our time of need. Where are you guys from? And the lad went, Pennywell. He said, Pennywell? He said, "What state's that in?" She says, "Boot the fucking same is this."
0: <laughs> Brilliant, mate! I love it. I absolutely love it. Great stuff. We'll have, you'll have won a few Sundland fans over with them stories, mate.
1: I'm sure they'll tune in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the Freddie, <laughs> Freddie Shepherd as well. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you you've got a story about that. I mean, there was there was that horrendous occasion where uh, the News of the World did the sting on them.
1: Yeah, but you've got to redress the balance sometimes. And um, I don't know if the Newcastle supporters know about it, but the late, great Freddie Shepherd, um, who uh, actually, he obviously sacked Bobby Robson, Sir Bobby Robson, but his best mate was Douglas Hall, who was the son of Sir John Hall. And uh, they got caught out and uh, Douglas come on the, the thing. I think it was in Saudi Arabia, or it could have been somewhere like that or... Somewhere wrong there, Doha or whatever. And he yeah. went there. All New- Newcastle United supporters, idiots. Because they're buying shirts for 45 quid that, that we get for a fiver from Thailand. Then he said our 209 goal England striker, England captain, um, record signing, fifty million, Alan Shearer. He likened them to Mary Poppins. Then he did the, the the worst thing he could ever do. He said um, all North East women were dogs. Now my missus was furious. She jumped on the couch. I said, you'll have to get off there, you're not allowed on the couch. <laughs>
0: Great stuff, Joe. You're certainly cheering everybody up. A lot of people saying this makes uh, makes a lot better uh, viewing than talking about the takeover. We've managed to get 40 minutes in without mentioning it. So, Tommy McLeod says, top man, Joe, you're as rad as a brush. Um, Keith Roll's got a question for you. Uh, he says, he says yeah. Joe, would you have ever played for Sunderland
1: if you'd had the chance? Turn them down three times, my friend. Three times I turned them down. I remember uh, one, there was one year Dennis the Sunland we were in, the, I think about the second or third division, something like that, and Dennis Smith rang me at my mother and father's home. And he went, right, 300 quid a week, £1,000 uh, signing on fee. If you're not here by 11 o'clock, forget about it. And I went, that is the best offer I've ever had in my life because I'm definitely not moving my arse. Because I will never... Can you imagine if you played in the black and white number nine and you're playing in front of the Funderland? And some of my friends... I mean, I used to go to some of the Sunland games with my friends, you know? And uh, with my father, when I was young. Because it was heard of in them days. But imagine my first miss at the Funderland. It would have been you. Useless, black and white. But... Mm, 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 mm. I wouldn't have played for Sunland if they honestly... I never got beat off them at any time in my career, and um, it's like it's a one of them where you just you you don't cross that that line. And I, I love Lee Clark, but he says a great thing, and he said, "I said, I said to him, what what was the reason?" He says, "Well, it made me a millionaire." I went, "That's not a bad reason, to be fair." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Anonymous One says it's never too late To play for Sunderland Even if even if you're at the end of your career Barry Hogan says Chris Waddle did it uh, A lot of people did of course uh, Mark Fleming says I bought a Sunderland Yo-yo yesterday The bugger doesn't come back up uh, <laughs> Jeff, Willick, Jeff Jeff Willick says Bloody marvellous patter A great watch Thank you Joe and Steve um, Chris says should the number 9 Be taken off Joe Linton's back, Joe, until he gets back into some kind of form.
1: Well, I don't think he's a number nine. I think when he played for Hoffenheim, he played a lot of his time on the the wing. And I think he got six goals in 26 games, which isn't a 40 million player for me. So maybe they should have a look and, and reschedule, you know, after this thing happens probably change shirts because he's not a number nine. You you just think of the, the players I just mentioned before the, the Milburns, the the Shearers the Ferdinands the Basies the Waddles and etc. etc etc Malcolm Macdonald man the the hairs on the back of my neck still stand up when I stay with him and he's my friend but you can you can imagine that it's not a fitting thing for the number nine shirt to be to be worn and I cost not I cost not a penny and to play just a few times, you know, a dozen times and score a couple of goals and number nine shirt was like, uh, it would have been, it would have been if that was the enemy key, it would have been all right.
0: Yeah, a lot of people think that, you know, we always end up on this show going down the Joe Linton road. I try not to mention him too many times. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. He's not a number nine at all, mate. And I think it's been it's hard enough having a £40 million price tag on your head um, and, and trying to settle into a new country without being given the number nine shirt with all its history at uh, at the club. You know, anybody's got any questions for Joe uh, for the last 20 minutes, fire them over. Joe, Joe's not one to, to shy away from uh, from questions. And please give it a like, Click the thumbs up, give it a share, and if you're a new uh, new viewer to the page, please subscribe. Please come back. Uh, we hit thirty-one and a half thousand subscribers today, which is uh, excellent. So thanks very much to everybody who's tuned in and supported us through uh, through the lockdown. Um, who would who would your striker? B says Tim Cairns, I think who would who would you like to see maybe join the club? There's been a lot of players linked. Joe. There's been you know the the lads from uh, Bournemouth. Callum Wilson, of course. I've seen Ben Teke linked from Crystal Palace, of course. Uh, another another striker, Zaha, who I think will be you know completely out of our our pay remit at the minute. But um, is there is there a particular striker you would like to see come to the club? Well, the lad from
1: Bournemouth's a good player, but he's, he's- Goals for games, records, not good. He's useful. But And then you've got Ben Tickley, who's hot and cold. I agree with you about Zaha. He's a wonderful player, but he's not a nine. But he's also going to be 50, 60 million. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got to have... like Chelsea got lucky when they got uh, Giroud. Because he's still, at his age, uh, after he left the Arsenal, he, he was still very, very effective. And one of the um, I, I don't know it comes strong for Chelsea to get them into the the Champions League at the end of the season. Uh, you've got to, this is what I'm on about as regarding uh, people that, that go out there and and they're, they're looking for players. Like you're not gonna you don't have to look too hard to spend 40 million for a, for a player. Do your homework, you know your recruitment, do your homework. You don't have to spend eighty million pounds for less than ten goals between three of them. That's not right, man. Get Peter no. Beasley back.
0: Yeah, obviously. he could still do it. He could still do a job, mate. He could still do a job. Well, you've yeah, got yeah. a couple of you, you know, you've got you've got a, you've got a Peter you've got a Peter Beasley one, haven't you? Go on, go into that, mate. People are enjoying the funnies.
1: Well, no, because Pedro. Uh, the people ask me all the time, who's the best player I played with. And obviously, it was Paul Gascoigne. But the best forward I ever played with was Peter Beasley. He was an absolute magician. He was a dream. He was unplayable. He was mm-hmm. just like training with him every day. Like I said, I had Keegan, Gascoigne, Beasley, Waddle, McDermott, and Beasley. And I might not have played all them games, but I was at the club for such a long time, I used to train with them every day. And I I got a great grounding to get us to back to... Me great spell I had at Swansea, me lovely time with the beautiful, fantastic people at Hartlepool, and to go to Chelsea, then to be record signing at Brentford. So Peter Bezley for me was uh, was the greatest forward I ever ever played with. And um, he, I mean I spoke to him the other week, and I just said, uh, Pedro, uh, you've had a little bit uh, trouble with you know this stuff that's been going on and obviously he got banned and he went uh, I says how are you doing well you know obviously uh, it's been a little bit tough at the moment Joe I said but I have been, been talking to Bruce because I played at Walsh End Boys Club with him." he says uh, don't worry he says in, in January we're going to get some new faces I just hope I'll get one <laughs> oh, <God>.
0: <laughs> 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 it's a classic yeah, the impressions keep letting- coming there, there. He is. He is. A uh, Mark, a Mark. Mark. Mark says, "What's the most memorable goal you've scored, Joe?" Well, the first one in the
1: number nine shirt against Coventry City in the in the End, when I, mm-hmm. I I scored from about twenty five yards, I think, and everybody thought, "Oh my God, he's a hell of a player." And the rest of me, two hundred and twelve goals, I think I scored, were all inside that twenty five yards. Um. Because I was a muncher, I was a poacher, I was a sniffer. I was like one of them where I wouldn't score the spectacular ones. But like I said just before, the greatest player that I played up front with, most of the majority of my games that I played with at Newcastle was with Peter Beardsley, and he was a genius. And we weren't blessed with the best of looks or height. But at the end of the day, we we knew where the ball was, we knew where the net was, and we knew how, how to appear with each other and, and compliment each other. And um, I just wish Chris Waddle had been injured for a lot longer.
0: <laughs> Barry Hogan says, "Any Bobby Moncur stories when you played for him?" Yeah, I mean, the, the, he's a gaffer
1: as well, Bob. And like, and I said to you when I was in, uh, I was playing for Swansea. I broke my ankle, and he come in and there was a player called Tommy Hutchinson. I don't know if you can remember him. He was like number two to Terry Yorath, who played for Leeds with a with gaffer with Big Jack. And Bob come. Uh, it was a reserve game on a Thursday afternoon in a place called Morfa Stadium, which are actually where the Liberty Stadiums built now. And it was piddling down and I was... Oh, God. I had a monkey on my back. I was like, jeez, I couldn't be... I didn't want it. And I'm trying to get fit and trying to get back on the team and that. And Tommy Hutchinson said, uh, there's a bloke in the the corridor wants to have a chat with you. And I went, all right, whatever. He went, that's Bob Monker. He's uh, from Newcastle. He's just got the manager's job at Hartlepool. So I went in the corridor and obviously he's a legend. So I, I was like, God, it's Bob Monker. First cup winner, three goals. Two in one leg, one in the other. And I thought, what are you doing? He went, I want you to come play for us. And I went, where at? He went, Hartlepool. I went, what? Hartlepool? I said, you're having a laugh on you, the second bottom of the fourth division. And he went, no, you'd be all right. Pop Robson's coach. You'd be all right. Just come for a month. And I know you brought your mother's illness and that, but you just come for a month. So I went, you've got no chance. Anyway, he said, jump in the car, I'll give you a lift home. I jumped in the car, he kidnapped us, he didn't let us out until Grove. he said, I'll give you something to eat now, we'll have a steak, and, and I went, I've got no clothes, I had my toilet bag, I was still in my kit, and he went, you'll be okay, you'll be okay, trust me, and he drove us all the way back, and I fell asleep, next thing, I'm getting out of my parents' house in Washington, and uh, all of a sudden, it was like, unbelievable, the next day I went in, I'm the only person in the history of Hartlepool United at that time to get a sponsored car. And it was off two of me, very, very good mates, John Breward. And um, I'm not being funny, one of the funniest men ever in, in the, the game, John Breward, absolutely fantastic. And it was Nissan Micra, 20 years old whose mate had a garage around the corner and he went on Arnold and he went, there are, there's your sponsored car. Twi- 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I went, where's, where's my name on the car? He went, oh, he says, he's you just you just got, he was commercial manager. Oh, my man. well, unbelievable. I've got, I, the I've character got
0: I can't, there. I was going to say there's, there was one character, you, you talk about him fondly from, uh, from Hartlepool T- tell us the story about the guy um, who who, you, who somebody encountered, shall we say?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he was he was one of the like people said to me like you, you've played with uh, let's Gascon Beasley, Waddle Keegan, McDermott, uh, Andy Townsend, and Jones, Dennis Wise, Boo. Um... You, you know, the the lads at Brentford, all the good players I've played with and all the other clubs and they're the fantastic players. And they said, who's the, who's the biggest character that you've ever had? And I says, oh, that's easy, that. He says, it's called Stan Hill House. And they went, mm, Stan Hillhouse?" House? I says, let us paint your picture of Stan Hillhouse." House. I said, he used to wear the club suit, the club tie, the club shirt with the gravy stains down his top and... uh he used to have like the club pants on, which used to be stained a bit. But there you go. But he was twin town with Mussolini and Adolf Hitler. Because if he didn't have a ticket when he was on that ticket office, you weren't getting in. So one day, my dad, and father, used to watch us every game. My brothers and he come in. He went. Uh, I right, like Mr. Allen. How are you doing? He says, "Your Joe's not doing well at the minute." He's he's on 35 goals at the minute. He's doing really, really good, isn't he? There's your tickets, usual seats. There you go. Enjoy the game. Lovely to see you. My dad went, and there was a big blonde lad in behind him. And the blonde lad said, uh, my dad looked back. He went, uh, he says, says, "Uh, I'm a guest of uh, the Sun and Board of Directors. I'm in the the lounge in the uh, Directors' box. And Stan went, Direct this box. He says, it's Hartlepool, not Liverpool. He says, well, you haven't got a direct this box. He says, you'll have to, honestly, you'll have to go in, the, in just in net. He went, no, he says, I'm guest of Bob Murray, son and boarder. The, he owns son and Football Club, Bob Murray. He went, mate, he says, you'll have to go around the back of the rink end uh, and past the pub and then go past the, uh, the rink, uh, the ground stadium and it'll cost you £12 to get in. He said, I don't think you, you realize. He says, I'm, I'm the Olympic champion, 1500 meters, and I'm the world record holder for the mile. My name's Steve Cram. He went, Well, not take you long to fucking run round then, will it?
0: <laughs> <Fist off. laughs> Joe, time, time's running out, mate. And there's a, I've got a couple, of, there's a couple of questions. Somebody's asking about, a lot of people asking yeah. about um, Vinnie Jones. Uh, any stories about Vinnie Jones, yeah. who you used to room with at Chelsea? Any you can tell? Well, the
1: thing is, I lived with him for nine years and he's obviously had a very, very tough time with it. And um, uh, he's, he lost his missus and uh, I speak to his sister. Um, I don't know where he's at at the minute. I know he's in, he's living in Palm Springs, but I don't know what, where he's at in his head. But um, he, he, to lose Tanya, Tanya was like my mother. And um, I'm on about weddings and living together with him. And like he's such a, the nicest guy in the world, you know, and like so kind and everybody thinks he's a nutter. But when when I was on down and I had me me divorce, um, I got a, a phone call, and it was uh, Joe. I've got a ticket at Newcastle Airport for you to come here to L.A. LAX. You're staying with me for a month. Get your head up. So I got the flight from Newcastle to Heathrow, Heathrow to LAX, and I got there. We had both had black T-shirts on and white. Uh, and a pair of jeans, a white vest. And um, he went, Oi, you won't believe this. He says, We've got $1,500 for a month to stay in a place. I'm working on a movie with Nicolas Cage. It's called Gone in 60 Seconds. I went, All right. He went, We need to go and view something in the Hollywood Hills. So we went there. Elton John's house was on that way. Shirley Bassey's was this way, Tom Jones's was that way. And we're there in, in the middle, and, and I went, Vin, I says, this is magnificent. I says, you can't get any better than this. He went, 900. That means we've got 600 to go on the piss with. 600. I went, oh God, it sounds good. Anyway, we're in the, we're in the kitchen, we're having a beer. And I went, Vin, I says, the, the guy who's got the, the whites on, you know, they wear the white hat and the, the white uniform, and he was cleaning the pool. And I went, We've got to get him in, pal. I says, it's, it's 86 degrees. I says, We've got to get him in, give him some lemonade and a sandwich. And I Yeah, Yeah, you're right, you're right, son, you're right. Go and get him, go and get him. So I went down, I says, Please, I says, could you come in and just like, because it's too hot. I says, You clean the pool. I says, This is like, it's, come on. So he come in. Vin went, hello, mate. Don't you be like that and stay out there in the heat. He says, the key's under the mat there. He says, you come in whenever you want. You have lemonade, you have a drink, you have Simon, you have anything you want. Your house is my house. He says, by the way, his name's Joe Allen. He's a soccer player. I went, fucking soccer player. I've been retained for fucking eight years. <laughs> he went, he went, my name's Vinnie Jones, and I'm an actor. And I looked at him again, I went, You've only had one film. <laughs> and the guy went. <laughs> he said, My name's Bill Withers, and I own the house.
0: <laughs>
1: and it was Bill Withers Lovely Dear. And I looked on the walls and it had all the it had all the gold records. Bill Withers, lovely dear, lovely dear, lovely dear. And oh my god! He was god. the nicest guy. He was the nicest guy I have ever met in my life. Honestly, he's just <laughs> absolutely. And he, then, finished it off. He went, Fuck You know, mate. He says, I thought he did well when he was in the Rolling Stones. I says, that was Bill Wyman, <laughs> not Bill Withers. He's <laughs> <laughs> a lovely guy. Um-
0: it's a lovely, day. brilliant. Um, you did you did mention Elton John there? You did have a brief encounter with Elton John, but not what people will be thinking.
1: Yeah, well, it wasn't so much me; it was Paul. It was Gaza, and um, we won the youth cup. And and to be honest, he's an absolute gentleman, and uh, it was four-one. The gaffer, Jack, didn't didn't like him coming into the the bath because of his reputation, whatever. At which point Gaza stood up because we used to have a communal bath in them days. And we won the Youth Cup and we are drinking the, uh, the so-called champagne that the gaffer bought. It was Pommying. And um, <laughs> anyway, we were celebrating. It was nice. And Gaza stood up and went, Elton, give us a song. Elton, Elton, give us a song. And I said, Paul, sit down. He's not looking at your eyes.
0: <laughs> Jason Carter's chipped in. He says, how do you make a duck into a singer? You put it into the microwave until it's Bill Withers. Hey, good one. Joe, honestly, you do the comedy. Joe, we've hit an hour, mate, and um, I don't want to spoil it. I want to get you back on next week. I know that there's a lot of people saying we should get you on next week. It's been a welcome, once we got you in and past the technology, it's been a welcome distraction from the takeover, which I knew it would be. So uh, brilliant to have you on and um, look forward to getting you on. Maybe next Wednesday as well, mate. You take care and I'll speak to you soon, pal.
1: God bless him. The thing is as well, remember that we don't
0: know that production is going to be a stage show or whether it's going to be... Oh, a, yes. I don't know. Go over it. No, uh, no, I forgot we'll, about that. We'll Let's go important. over it. Joe Allen just wanted to say something. It's important, this. Um, there's no details yet, but obviously right at the start of uh, the interview, a lot of people could hear him doing the Jack Charlton one. So those of you tuning in late, you probably missed it. So you just want to give them a quick burst of Jack Charlton first of all, Joe, and then I'll tell people what you're up to.
1: Well, I'll I just have to stand at the, at the start because the production that I've uh, wrote, and it's all ready now, but obviously we don't know whether it's going to be a stage show or whether it's going to be a play or whatever, yeah. but it's all done yeah. It's all done at this end. And there's a lot of uh, very, very famous people that have said that they want to get involved in it. And um, yeah. I don't want to just yeah. say the names just yet, but we'll do that next week, whatever. But the gaffer, he, he used to say, like me, he used to say... Um, you know, you've got to work hard. The hot, and, and I know you've got the devil in you. You've got, like, the devil in you, like me. And I like that. He said, but me and our Bob, me and our kid, we used to practice and practice and play against the wall and in the garden and, and on the green. And then me, me mother'd say, your dinners are on the table. And I was a big lad. I was, I was about six foot four in them days. But our Bob would just stay out and he'd practice and practice. And I would go in because I needed feeding. So I went in. And then it was a terrible thing in 1958 when, you know, there was this terrible disaster in Munich. And uh, me and my mother are sitting there watching the TV and and, and we didn't even know uh, whether our Bob was alive or not. Our Bob lost a lot of his friends. I don't want to say the names because I don't want to be disrespectful. Matt Busby... Was in hospital for a long time, and, and the Busby Babes. And then we saw our Bob coming off the plane, and he had this this blanket over him. And me and my mother started crying, and it was our kid. He was okay. And then they had to start again, the Busby Babes. And it, it took them until about 1962. And uh, they signed a couple of players, they, they weren't bad. One was called Dennis Law, and the other one's called George Best. And then it was phenomenal because they went to the 1968 European Cup final and there was this lad playing for, for Benfica. He was called Eusebio. And he was supposed to be the best player in the world. But he wasn't. Our kid was the best player in the world. And he scored two. And Manchester United won. And our Bob lifted the European Cup as captain and it made us very proud i'll leave her that one
0: joe i've got to be honest people are captivated a lot of a lot of positive uh, you know a lot of positive feedback a lot of people thoroughly enjoying it and um, yeah the the gist of it is joe has been busy producing a stage play um about Jack Charlton and uh, he's been writing it he's he's been producing it he's pulling in a a fantastic team and once we get back to some kind of normality in 2021 Joe's looking to take that out and put it on at various venues so uh, he's got permission of the family and it's great to hear Um, a lot of people just saying they've really enjoyed it Ian Barron big shout out to you mate happy 46th birthday and uh, he's a Darlington fan we won't hold it against him good luck to Darlington they've done very well to recover from the position that they've ended up in Um, you know you know Successive promotions after such a, a horrendous relegation. Swan Dogs, uh, Swag Dog says could listen to Joe's crack all night. George Green says top class lads. Uh, George McVay says you've made my night, great show. Tommy McLeod just says wow, um, uh, best podcast for a while. Says Davy Eddy, magic. Uh, lots of people really appreciate the effort. So yes, we will get Joe back on next Wednesday, and and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll really enjoy you know watching how this play progresses, uh, Joe. It's a great tribute to the gaffer.
1: Definitely, and, and thank everybody for the good wishes. And also, we've got loads more material. God, wait, till I start talking about people like Alan Shoulder, <laughs> what he got up to when he was younger. Oh my God, fantastic! No. It's it's been an absolute. It's 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 nice for me to be absolutely honest. I mean, like I said, like uh, the shutdown hurts our industry more than anything. Um, since yeah. I finished playing football and to just get out and just talk to people and, and to have people saying nice things like that, I really, really appreciate it. So I thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Jason Carter says uh brilliant. That hour went too quickly. Joe McClellan said the same. Cracking stories was thoroughly entertained, says Anonymous One. Uh Keith Roll says, brilliant show. Joe is always hilarious. Chris Cossey says, Thanks, Steve and Joe, really good show. And we've got Tommy McLeod saying, Thanks very much again, Steve. How do you better that? And uh, tune, tune, Joe says, Local Hero. We'll finish with Christopher's uh, comment. He just says, Joe, you are an absolute legend. Joe Allen, absolute pleasure to have you on, mate.
1: Very kind, so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks
1: to everybody. Thank
0: you. Take care, mate. See you next week. That's great. Back tomorrow with Super Mac and Gibbo uh, at six o'clock. See you then.